Well, here it is. The day that I never really thought too much about, to be honest. Uh, but it's already upon me. I've spent years discerning and wondering and hoping that God might be calling me to be a priest, and the goal line was simply ordination. I used to joke, but was very serious, that the only thing worse than dying as a seminarian would be dying as a transitional deacon seminarian, <laughs> because then not only would I have not reached the goal, but I would be a seminarian in perpetuity. <laughs> so the goal line was always just June 1st, 2019. And I don't think I cared what happened after that. And I think every single day since then, until about March, had been better than the day before. The last few months, though, have just been weird, let's be honest. Every day brings with it new rules for living, new laws, and new something. I remember learning in canon law class that the reason a pastor was, in, was placed in his parish was twofold. First, it is for the continuity of governance, and the second is to provide stability for the parishioners. We have been living in a time that for priests, religious, and laity is anything but stable. Nothing is certain. And while this has been an interesting time to be alive because of the nature of uncertainty, I thank God that I have been able to face all of the trials and difficulties of the last few months as a priest. If I had to be a deacon seminarian waiting without an ordination date right now, I think my head might explode. But it has been difficult these last few months, and I've shared with some of you here the difficulties that I've felt. Feelings of despair for not being able to be a man among the people that he promised to God and the bishop he would take care of. Being told that my existence as a leader of sacrifice on behalf of the people was deemed non-essential. Feelings of guilt that I was still getting paid when I felt like I wasn't doing much to earn it. St. Paul is very clear, after all. Those who don't work shouldn't eat. <laughs> but like I said, I am so very thankful to have faced these trials as a priest. We hear in the first reading about the enmity placed between the snake and the woman. Obviously, we see this as a prophecy of how the Blessed Mother stands in direct opposition to evil. Most of the statues or paintings of the Virgin Mary take similar poses. Actually, let me... Hey, there it is. That's literally the one I'm about to talk about. Um, we hear or we see that either she is stepping on the head of a snake or she's holding the Christ child, just like this. Is she doing both? No, she's not. Okay. But, I mean, I, in my head, as I was thinking about this day and thinking about everything that's going on, I kind of made an amalgamation of the two to where she is not only standing on the head of the serpent, but she is also holding the Christ. And then, as I was reflecting further... I replaced Jesus with myself, Mary holding me as she would hold her child, keeping him safe from all that could bring him harm. I've received many text messages today um, from different friends, don't know why I'm crying at that, <laughs> from many friends who have been wishing me a happy anniversary. Um, one of my friends in particular, Colby, texted me and said, you did it, man! Congrats on surviving the first year! To which I responded, it feels like I only barely crawled over that line. And I crawled, and sometimes the Lord had to drag me. But just like the image that I got of Mary holding me, keeping me far enough from evil, that I don't have to worry about it. 
I say that I only crossed the finish line because the grace of ordination is real. Having spent so much time being a pessimist now, let me be more optimistic. Um, life, I lost my place because I'm crying. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, let me not be more pessimistic, but only address the hardships of this life that we're all aware of. Let me be more focused on the beautiful parts of the last year. First and foremost, the grace of ordination is tangible. It's palpable. It's powerful. I think the part of the reason um, I never thought past the ordination day itself was because I had no idea what life as a priest would be like. And having lived it for a year, the joy that I have is indescribable. Uh, I was reminded of something that I felt last year when I spoke to a friend of mine from seminary who was just ordained on Friday. Um, he said, being graced to pray the words of consecration. Being graced to pray the words of consecration is worth it every year of seminary. And he spent two more years than me, so. And he's so right. I really didn't think I was going to cry until like way later in this, but whatever. <laughs> Being found worthy to have the power to work in conjunction with the Holy Spirit and confect the Eucharist for oneself and for the people is totally an experience of awe. Lately, I, uh, I feel like I've been preaching a lot on the, the line from Scripture where Jesus says, you will be able to do the works that I do and still greater ones. And I've always wondered about that. I've always wondered what miracle could I do that could be anything similar or even better than the miracles that Jesus himself did. And I've always wanted to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanted the gift of healing, prophecy, counsel, tongues, and any other thing that you hear about in the Acts of the Apostles, to be honest. And it finally hit me in preparing for this Mass that every single day of my existence now, Jesus. I get to perform the same miracle Jesus did by taking bread and wine like was offered first by Melchizedek and changing it into his flesh and into his blood. This is truly the best miracle that I could ever be part of. And then I continued to think, how could I do better than Jesus? And I can only think that it's because he was perfectly human and perfectly divine, whereas I am only terribly everything that is human. And yet he chooses me, he chooses this broken humanity to a perfect action which brings healing and salvation to the world. He chooses me as his priest. So what a year it's been. The Lord continues to surprise me in new and exciting ways. And I can't even imagine what the next year is going to hold. Because honestly, at this day, it just changes every day and we have no idea what's going to happen. So, uh, But the fact that I get to share this very first anniversary of my priesthood 
um, with the new feast of the Blessed Mother is also just a beautiful gift. And I feel a little sorry for Justin Martyr this year, but he'll get over it. <laughs> the last line of the gospel today that we heard is, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. Since 2005, when my mom, I don't know why, but decided to give me the, the, journal, the diary of St. Faustina, I've had a huge devotion to divine mercy. And I love that this image of the blood and water flowing from the side of Christ is the last image that we're left with from today's gospel. The images of baptism and the Eucharist being the last things that we hear of today. And yet we know that this is not the end of the story. This is just the beginning. Because everyone dies, but only one person, one man, one God-man, rose from the grave, conquering death by death, putting true enmity between the snake and the offspring of the woman. And this day is a wonderful day to celebrate a completion of the first year of my priesthood. And I pray to God that it's just the beginning of many, many more years to come.